You know, I think that that might be some of the most inspired worship music I've ever heard. Uh, it's the depth of the drums. The, yeah. the depth of that floor tom, it kind of brings you, you know, there's that there's that scripture that talks about how Moses just asked God, like, I want to see you. I want to see you. And he's like, you can't, like, you would die. And so he shows just a little bit. I feel like the drums give us the depth of how big God is, you know? Like, we just can't mm. fathom it, you know? No, I'm definitely struggling to fathom anything <laughs> that you just said. <laughs> You said I'm stretching for it, man. What do you mean? Uh, no, no, it's not a stretch. Nothing. You can't stretch the drums. It's, no, no. I mean, there's no. You know, it's it's ordained. It is. It is a yeah. very ordained <laughs> instrument. You know. Yes. Um, and that would be, you know, our last episode was on worship. My idea of great worship is just a singular man with a singular drum set playing drum solos and. And quoting scripture. Oh. <laughs> now that that is a new band right there. You just have someone reading from the Bible while a man is just drum soloing over it. Whew. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna... Someone call up K Love right yeah. now and get us get us a contract. <laughs> We're about to make some millions. Oh goodness. Uh, okay, so we've already as we've already discussed, drums are like a staple of the Christian faith. There are some, we already know this. There yeah. are some other staples too, right? Um, and so we kicked off this podcast with what is the gospel? That was our first right. episode. We were like, bring it back to Jesus. We're going to start with Jesus because that's where our faith begins. Right. Right. Um, and then from there, we started talking about the importance of truth and the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right. So we talked about how to study God's word, how to go deeper with God's word. Um, you know, uh, then we jumped into the reliability of God's word. Right. We kind of broke down the Council of Nicaea, mm-hmm. and we started talking about some things like deconstruction, as we're looking at legalism, as we're looking at how you use scripture to overcome right. false, you know, ideas, sure. false gospels, things like that. But you know, when we talk about like, okay, we got we got the gospel, we've got the word of God, right? Okay, and the believer's handbag. And their tool belt, so to speak. Right. Yeah. There are some other things that are really important that we need to get to. Yes. And we're going to talk about three of them because I put them all together. I know right. you like to spread everything out, and you can't do like a sermon in one week. It has to be like an eight week. Well, you know, you got fifty some odd weeks in a year, so I got I got to stretch some scriptures. You know, I got to make sure I get some some content, some quality content. Right. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today. Uh, is prayer, fasting, and meditation. Right. And when we say meditation, and we'll get to this, we're not talking about, like, Eastern religion meditation. Right. No, no, no. Uh, we're talking about biblical meditation, and we'll discuss that. Right. Um, so Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Right. And as we previously discussed, Martin Luther invented the faith. Right, obviously. At yes. the Council he, of Nicaea. At the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, he and That's Constantine got together, <laughs> and they were like, this is how it's going to... No, but I think, you know, when we talk about the importance of creating a Christian worldview, you know, and that's kind of where we started, was there There are things that are central to Christianity that you cannot separate, and prayer is it, because... Prayer is it, not, not not isn't, but is it. One, It's one of those things that you cannot separate from Christianity because prayer is the one thing that that 
that we as Christians, that's the only thing we really have because that is our connection to our creator, to Christ, to the spirit. I mean, prayer does so many things. And so if you if you are a Christian who is not praying, you're not, not, not I'll say this, just I'll be real. You're you're likely, I won't throw everybody under the bus because only Sith steal an absolute. And that was an absolute statement when he said it. There so, are two of us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but. Wow, wait, that was great theology that, that he was like, only Sith deal in absolutes is an absolute, an absolute statement. Exactly, yeah. trust me. I know, I, whatever he said that, I was like, dude, Obi-Wan, you can't say that. Anakin was right. Yeah, Anakin was right. He knew it. Uh, that's why we all love. That's all we all love Qui-Gon. Um, anyway, not, not to nerd out on Star Wars, but but you you prayer is an act of faith. It is the acknowledgement. It is so so you cannot have a Christian not praying. And if you're not praying as a Christian, you're probably not living out your faith. And if you're not living out your faith, you're not living in a Christian. You know, it, it's it's all connected. That's how important. Some would even say, dare I say, a tent peg of the Christian <laughs> faith is is a is a is prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is a tent peg. There was a wise pastor that uh, once taught a sermon about that. He did, yeah, and and bought many tent pegs to hand out to his parishioners. Yes, yes, not too many tent pegs. <laughs> too to many count. tent pegs to count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this wasn't on my notes, but I'm just going to put you on the spot. Here. Okay, yeah. What is prayer? Because we're saying we're like, yeah, you got to pray. Yeah, got to pray. What is prayer? I think so, because we only have this podcast, um, and I can't go into too much depth like I would in a normal sermon so I could space this out for a few weeks uh, so I could get some content, some quality content. The lo- the short of the long of the short is, is prayer is, and, and this sounds overly biblical or overly, it's for, for the super spits out there, bro. I'm never going to stop using that. Uh, I, it's become a part of my vocabulary. But not to overly spiritualize it or to under-spiritualize it, prayer is basically a conversation with the Lord. And I say conversation because it involves, it's a two-way. It involves talking and listening. Yeah, it does. Um, I think that's well said, and that's kind of the way that I often perceive it as well. Let me mm-hmm. try to explain it. Um, so good job, Brandon. Oh, thanks. I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gold star. I, I pre- thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Now, it's like I did a sermon on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, hey, tell me what you think of this, though. You know, I feel like prayer is... So like, you think of a phone. Right. You've got the incoming and the outgoing. Right. I feel like when we pray, that's the outgoing. That's us talking to God. For sure. And you talked about there's an aspect of it that is listening to God. Right. And I think we're going to get into some of that here. But really, God's response to us mm-hmm. is already there in His Word. Right. 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 Most certainly. And yeah. And like, that's not to say that you won't hear something from God. You know, uh, you, hey, you could hear something audible. Sure. Sure. Um, and you, or you might just get um, like a feeling or an intuition. Sure. Um, of the Holy Spirit prodding you, mm-hmm. but it will always line up with his word that he's already given. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's how it's an act of faith, because when I say it's an act of faith, the fact that you are praying shows that you're relying on the promises of God, because the promises of God tell us to go to the Lord, to pray, you know, to do these things. And so it's an, it's an act of faith that is literally, um, it's, I know this sounds kind of circular, but, but it's... It's where we it's where we go, knowing that the word of God says we should be here. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. but like it, it that's I guess that's the best way I can I can say it because when you're praying, you're going to the Lord already operating in the promises of God. So the only way you know the promises of God are how via the word of God. I mean, like that's yeah. where we find. So so like you said, you, when you're praying, you're you've already listened to God in a lot of ways. Yeah. Whether you acknowledge it or not, that's another story. But yeah. Yeah. 
Well, why don't we read uh, a couple of scriptures and we'll continue the conversation. Always a good thing. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7, this is a famous one about prayer. Um, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, mm-hmm. but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then 1 John five fourteen through 15 says this, This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Mm -hmm. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Mm -hmm. So these are are really good. Now, um, that 1 John 5, one of the things that kind of bears out in that, you know, I mentioned God's response to us in prayer is going to line up with his word. Right. But something that's also really important is that when we pray, that what we pray for lines up with God's word as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's the Lord's prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy oh, will be, you know. We're going to get to that. I know, we're going to get yeah. to that, right. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's, that's, that's one of those things where, like, that is the alignment of our lives with God's will. But I think what's more, what, what always gets me is, is the Philippians verse that we just read always talks about with prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of people tend to miss prayer, yeah. it is my prayer life changed when I just started thanking God for what he's done. And even on the days when it seems really hard because you've had a rough day at work or things just didn't go your way, you're st- I mean, you get basic. You say, thank you for my life. Thank you for what yeah. I, you know, the, the remedial blessings that you, the mundane ones you forget about, you begin to thank God. And when you thank God, again, you pr- put yourself back into the perspective, which is now I am back into the promises of God that he will provide. He, th- there's no need to be anxious. He hears our prayers. You know, as John says, he does, he's not a God that created and left. He's one, you know, so I think that that's, whenever I hear that, um, those those two verses in particular, but when I whenever I hear that that word Thanksgiving, that is the power of prayer. Is we pray, thanking God for what He has done, with the confidence and knowing He will. Do. So it's like you're preemptively thanking Him for what you know He's going to do. Yeah. Even if you don't even know what He's going to do, does that make you? <laughs> that sounds weird to say, but it's like thank you God because I know you're going to handle this, and I know you might not handle it in the way I would handle it. Or, or even in the way I want you to handle it, but I know you're going to handle it, and I know it's going to be good. And that comes back to the faith element of this. Right. It's like we're trusting God to give us what he knows is best. Exactly right. Yeah. And that's why we're praying for what he knows is best instead of praying for what it is that we desire. Right. So. It, it's, it always talks about, you know, if we pray, there's, this is another thing of prayer. Don't pray uh, for what you want. Pray for what you need. Yeah, you, you know what I mean, and that—that's well, because you, you God can't always get what you want. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but you can't. Uh, you try is sometimes. It, who is it? Who is that? It's that's the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I thought it was the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you can't. You can't. There. I mean, that's a, one of the best worship songs out there. It is. Is you can't always get what you want. Um, get what you need. Uh, but but that's a, that's what the Bible teaches us again, right? God's yes. word says that He will give us the needs. Yes. Our needs. What we what we truly genuinely need. 
yeah. we, you know, we can't mistake those. Well, you know? one of the things that we really need, too, is peace. Right. And I think that's something here that happens in Philippians. We talk about, like, look, we're yeah. anxious. We're anxious about what's happening in life because we don't know, and the storms are coming, and everything's going on. And it's my. this is one of my favorite statements in the, in the Bible is right. the peace that surpasses Absolutely. all understanding, yeah. or as in this version, all comprehension. Right. Like, the idea... That you could have peace in a moment mm-hmm. that nobody should have peace in. Mm-hmm. That people will look at you and say, "How are you okay?" Right. You know, and you you only have that when you go to God about those things in prayer and thanksgiving. You know, when when we did our sermon series on you know talking about prayer, one of the things I I really kind of even in my own personal life, really tried to apply as we were walking through it, was I, I challenged people not to just pray for like, I need a new job or I need mm-hmm. blah, 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 but to pray for the things that are of God, which are like the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit. And so like pray for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good, you know, p- pray for those fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. So, um, you know, like if if you're struggling um, with addiction, Pray for self-control. If you're struggling with depression, pray for joy. You know, peace, love. You know, if or or if if you're if you're struggling um, health issues, pray for the gift of healing. You know, pray for the yeah. gift of tongues or prophecy or wisdom. To you know, and I and I think that those um, because those are God's will is perfect. Yes, and that's where the peace, the love, the joy, all those things. We, I think, so often when we pray, we pray for the things that are worldly. Yeah. And God says, I have otherworldly answers that are going to blow your mind. Yeah. God, do you know how much I could do for your kingdom if I just won the lottery? <laughs> right. Because right. then I wouldn't have to worry about my job, and I wouldn't have to you know, worry about my mortgage, and everything right. would be paid. And you know what? I'd have this awesome, fantastic house, God, that people could come and have church in. Right. Yeah. Right? And that's why I would have that. Right. It would be to glorify you, God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But, but you know what it does is it takes me out of that job that God wanted me to minister to somebody at. Right. And it takes it puts my faith in that money instead of my faith in him. God said, why can't you do those things where mm-hmm. you're at? Right. That's the peace that surpasses all understanding, because yeah. the peace that surpasses all understanding says, I don't understand why I'm here. Mm-hmm. But I know, and I, I have confidence, is what I'll call it, peace, because <laughs> that's kind of what peace is. Peace is confidence in knowing you're going to be taken care of. Um, I have a peace or a confidence about this, knowing that the Lord has me here for a reason. Yeah. And so I, that's enough. That's enough of a reason. And again, that's where prayer aligns us, right? Because yeah. that's where that's where we go to God and say, we're not enough. You are. That's yeah. why I'm here, <laughs> you yeah. know? No, 100%. All right, I got a quote here. Uh, so we, we've first got the the theologian Martin Luther. Now we're going to go to the theologian Max Lucado. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it in the L's, huh? That's we... right. <laughs> ML's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Max Lucado said this. Our prayers may be awkward, Mm -hmm. our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it Mm -hmm. and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Right. Right. So I think that's a really important statement to grasp and understand is that I might not be good at prayer. Oh, for sure. You know, and I think... uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think of the reference here, but Paul talks about the the Spirit praying on our behalf and yeah. runnings and things that groans we, too deep for words. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. we can't put it into words, right? Right. Um, like you don't have to be a wordsmith, no, to be able to pray. You just need to be honest and open with God, for sure. 
Yeah. And because it's not in your ability to pray. If I say the perfect prayer, God will answer it. Right. No, no, it's not even about the word. I mean, well, that's what Paul said. It isn't. Like you you can you can speak in tongues. I mean, like you you might not even know what you're saying. Yeah. It's the genuineness of the heart and the heart of the prayer that God hears. And I think that like, you know, one of the funny things about this is it, you know, Max says, uh, the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we so often when we pray, especially and I and you know, corporately speaking, so often the power when I'm praying for healing over a person or, you know, because I'm so holy, uh, you know, I do that. And like, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, I actually do anoint people and pray over them. For but when I do, a lot of the time when I'm praying, I'm not even asking necessarily for like, God, take the cancer. I may say that, like whatever the spirit really says in me might, might, might say. But a lot of times I'm almost reminding myself and the person who I'm praying with that <laughs> I, we serve a God who heals, who has the power to heal, yeah. who is the great physician. You know, so often I'm praying and as I'm praying, and I, you know, I don't plan my prayers, you know, like I don't write down things like that. I just kind of let the spirit lead. So often I leave the prayer coming out of it saying, this isn't a, it's not me. Right. You know, like the one, the one who's hearing it is the one who has the power and the one who also hears it while we're praying corporately, there's a power in that. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you brought up something interesting there. You mentioned like praying over people with cancer. Right. And how, you know, maybe you... You do or you don't, and I think like how you pray, uh, like God take the cancer. Or, man, there's a lot of schools of thought on this, Tons. Um, and it's and it's really challenging. But I think there's a rule of thumb here because I because you know I've been very influenced by those who would say you take authority over that, and, right? And there is no place for cancer, and it's not God's intention, right? Now I believe that, sure, 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 right? Um, but. I think sometimes we miss the part that we've already kind of hit on is you need to pray what God wants you to pray. Most certainly. Right? And like, God doesn't want people to have cancer. No. Right? But it's interesting. The, in Acts, when, like, it's Peter and John, mm -hmm. and they come across, they're going to, like, the, the temple, and they come across the man who's asking yeah. for help. And like, you know, silver and gold we have not, but— right, Right. Somebody pointed out once, Jesus walked past this man how many times? Right, right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it's not the right timing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not, it's just not going to happen. It's not what God is intending in that moment, mm -hmm. right? And while he maybe didn't intend for us to have cancer right. or to be ill, it's the truth of the fallen world at this stage, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, I'm not suggesting that anybody should accept being ill. Right, in sure. Fact, I'm I'm against that. I Pray against illness. Sure. Pray um, and declare the good things right. God over your life. Right. Declare healing because, you know, by his stripes we are healed. healed right. Right. So, um, but when you're praying, right. don't try to formulate something based off a half-cocked theology. Right. Instead, let the Spirit lead you to where God wants you to go. My my formula, if you will, for praying in those ways, when because I like I said, I I'm asked a lot. I mean, twice I think this week I had to anoint people um, at the hospital and things like that. It's part of just being a pastor, you know. And and every time I pray, I always so you know whatever comes, you know, obviously you pray for the things that come to your mind, like great physician reminding those kind of things. But I always, always, always pray. 
it, it almost I can almost quote it, but just know that I don't always say this exactly the same way. But basically, I always say, but more importantly, Lord, we pray for your will yeah. and and your plan, and that we would find our place in it. And I think so often, you know, like you said, there, how many people have died from cancer? It's not because they didn't believe that they couldn't be healed, or they didn't have the, you know, it wasn't about, right. it wasn't a matter of faith or, I've seen families torn apart by some really tragic things that happen and God bring them in back in a way that has completely changed their life forever. Yeah. And it was it was a tragedy that if you're praying over it and you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, how could this happen? How could you let this happen? You don't see 20 miles down the road where God's like, look, I've got bigger things. Not just yeah. like I got bigger things, better things to do, but I'm about to do something really big in these people's lives and they don't they don't know how this you know, and it's always with a saint. Usually, it's just, it's a loss of a loved one who's in heaven. You know, yeah. and they're they're in heaven, and the, and the family's grieving, and they're grieving. But it's the power of the faith. I'm just saying, there's so many times yeah. that we pray for things that we think we need, yeah, but we want, and God says, no, no, there's something better, right? And there's there's something interesting in the concept of suffering too, and it's a podcast for another time. It's a podcast for another time. Yeah, you know, God does not God does not desire for us to suffer. No. But he can do great things through it. It says he uses he use yeah. he uses the fallen state of the world. He uses the the devil's schemes, if you will. Yeah. He uses it and says, "You you have no power or authority. Right. I, I'm going to take this and do something greater." You know, and I, I see that time and time. And that's where we as Christians, I think, in the moments of of tragedy and in the moments, you know, like I said, this is obviously another podcast for another. But in those times of suffering and tragedy and anxiety, that's where we take refuge. In the promise that God says, I've got a plan. And, you know, Jeremiah, right? I know the plans I have for you and they're good. They're, they're good declarations. You know, those whole, I'm paraphrasing yeah. all this. But like that, that's what, that's what when we pray, those are the prayers we're praying. We're praying into the belief that, Lord, we know, we trust, and that's why we're coming to you with this. Uh -huh. But the key is you got to, you got to end with that. God, here's what I want. You know, yeah, just let you know, here's where I'm at. You know, let me speak in my peace. But also, I know that where you want me to be is better than where I want to be. So that's at the end of the day, that's where I want to be. So I, that, I, I trust you. I put my hands or my, my, you know, my whole heart in your hands and say, all right, Lord, lead me. Yeah. And I think I don't, we may have discussed this on a previous podcast, but, you know, like for me, like serving in churches. Right. There were times where I was unhappy in those churches. Yes. But I knew it was where I was supposed to be. And yes. I walked away with some great lessons because of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, God. God does not create bad situations; He uses them. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Yeah, and prayer helps us frame that. Yeah, it does. It because because I'm sure that's probably in those situations you're praying to the Lord, saying, "Why aren't you taking me out of this? Like, why? Why? Yeah. What are you doing?" And you're not maliciously; you're just simply saying, "Like, come on, God, what's oh, going sometimes, on?" Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. God, He's a big boy; He can handle it. You know, and 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 the Lord comes back and's like, "Just, just give me a second. Like, just, yeah. you know, yeah." Well, I, well, I, I often have felt like that other brother. Sure. You know, where it's like, I'm, I've got to be working in the field. Where's my party? Right. You know? Like, <laughs> exactly. Why are they all getting their wages? I've been working for years. You right. know? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Matthew 6, 5 through 15. I said we were going to get to it. So yes. We're get to it. It's important. So this is the Lord's Prayer. Um, and this is him setting it up as well, him being Jesus. Sure. Because um, Jesus is him. <laughs> that was a very deep theological I'm statement. The kids. I'm <laughs> with the kids. He's him. Jeez. All right. <laughs> This is pronouns. <laughs> another topic for another time. <laughs> another topic. Uh, okay. Uh, and when you pray, 
you are not to be like the hypocrites. Right. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Mm-hmm. Now, truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the concept of the prayer closet. Right. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do. Mm-hmm. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your father knows that you need for your father knows what you need mm-hmm. before you ask him. So pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive other people of their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive your offenses. Bingo. Yeah. Um, you know what? I want to go ahead and do Mark 11, 20, sure, 26 sure. here too, because I think there's some crossover here. Um, as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed was with, has withered. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Mm-hmm. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you for your offenses. Mm. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your offenses. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I wanted to read those two together, because those end exactly the same. Right. Um, so, and that's pretty interesting um, how Jesus ties in two places here. Right. Forgiving people yes. with seeing your prayers answered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that like the simplicity of both prayers too, right? I mean, you know, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't don't do many words. Don't you know? Don't do it in private. All these things are are about. I remember I had a, a here's a ta- story of having to forgive someone. I remember I was in, not in seminary. I was an undergraduate, and I prayed. And I guess I I began my prayer at this particular time, like, dear Jesus. Thank you. I started with dear, like I was writing a letter. Didn't even think about it. And afterwards, the person came up to me. Um, it was it was a girl, and I think she meant well, but I took it poorly. She came up and said, "Oh, your prayer was just so cute." And she wasn't like flirting with me. She was like belittling me almost, like you know, like oh, you don't you pray like a child, like oh, you're, you're, you know, like oh, dear Jesus, bless your heart. Yeah, bless, exactly. <laughs> and so, so I remember like that. That's always stayed with me because I thought like. We put so much emphasis, like you said, into being smart and being theological. But Jesus's two prayers in this are are a few lines. And the second one that we read, he says, if you say to this mountain, move and be thrown to the... I mean, literally, it's a statement. And then he says, all of it is is, is contingent or hinges upon this idea of forgiveness. Yeah. Right? It's not about the words, the way you ask, um, but it's it's about how... 
well, you seek forgiveness. That that as well as faith. Right, faith you too. Know, well, like certainly you got to believe. To, you have to believe, and um, you know, we did the I did the series with Tommy with the book right. of James, and that's something that comes up yeah. with James as well. Is, it's like if you ask God for something, but you're double minded. Right. Don't expect to receive that. Right. 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 Um, because you don't you don't trust God to do it for you. Right. I think, and that's where I think with prayer, especially, you got to be careful because a lot of people blame their lack of faith for their lack of answers, yep. and a lot of times a lack of answers because God is answering, you just don't see it yet. Yeah. Um, and the other part of it is maybe the answer is no. Yeah. You know, and and, and well, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to read this and be like, all I have to do is believe that God's going to move that mountain. That right. mountain's going to be... So something that's interesting there, too, is he says, if you say this mountain will be moved to the sea... Right. Um, he says, if if you believe what you say is going to happen, it will be granted to you. Right. It will be granted, which means God will do it for you. So right. So you're not actually... You're not the one moving the mountain. You're not Jedi mind-tricking this thing yeah. and lifting it up. Yeah. As Max told us, the power is not in the, the person who prays, it's right. in the person who answers Here's, the prayer, right? right? Exactly. So, like, God might be like, hey, look... It's a it's a beautiful picture of what can happen. Right. I don't need that mountain moved. Like, right. you understand what's going to happen with the ocean levels if we throw that mountain into <laughs> right. the sea. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He yeah. sees bigger picture too. And yeah. so, so moving that mountain right now or throwing that mountain into the sea may end up destroying an entire. You know, I'm just paraphrasing, but it may end up destroying an entire village. And, and, right. And you. So, so God sees the bigger effect of things. Right. And 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 he brings it back to you with the forgive, right? right? The idea of forgiveness says, but here's what you can do. Right. Right. I will do the don't worry, I'll take care of this. <laughs> but while I'm taking care of this, why don't you work on being forgiving others? Right. You know? Well, you know, when we go back to Matthew six five, he he immediately starts with the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and street corners so that they will be seen by people. Right. What need do you have of moving that mountain? Right. Like, in a literal sense. Sure, sure. It's to be seen. Right, exactly. Right, right yeah. Which is why I often take this more figuratively. I, mm-hmm. I know it's literal mm-hmm. in a sense that this is possible. Right. Right? If this is what is needed and it's in God's will, that mount, physical mountain can be moved right. under the sea, right? But, um, but not for my vanity. Right. I've, I have seen, and th- this, is, this is, like, accurate— I have seen real miraculous things. I've, I've seen things that, like, I can't explain them. Like, my goodness, that is God healing, like, really. Yeah. But I have seen more miraculous things when I've prayed. I have a keep a journal, and I write all people's – because I get a lot of requests as a pastor. Pray for me for this. Pray for me for this. And I write these things in my journal. I put a date. And then I leave this line under that with a little star, and I leave it blank for an answer because I know God's going to answer it. It may not be exactly how I think, huh. but I know God's going to answer it. And so I leave that blank open, and I have seen so many things, miraculous things, cancer – that no one even knows besides me and the person that we were praying, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. I'm sure there's a bajillion, yeah. but and that's but that's what I'm saying. Like like, well, because it wasn't about because it's praying. not about me. Yeah. It was about God saying, and I get the joy and the pleasure of going back and looking at that book for my own sake and saying, God, look how amazing you are. You know, you look how you. It wasn't because I laid my hand and I took the cancer out of the body. No, did you just feel that? Did you just yeah. feel that, that that transfer of energy as I touched your shoulder? Uh, yeah, which we're gonna cut this flannel up into pieces, and you can order <laughs> you those for two ninety nine per piece. Yeah, for two ninety nine per piece, yeah. And if you'd like, I could wipe my sweat on it, and yeah. that will heal your whole family. That's right. Um, but but no, it's I've seen more effect of me not physically like laying a hand on someone and just spiritually going into the not, not even I don't have a closet. I have an office. 
office where I just close the door and I quietly sit and I pray and I pray through that journal. And sometimes my prayer is really simple. Lord, I don't, you already know every request in this journal, yeah. Lord. And I just ask that your will would be done. But I think to go back to the, how they, because I think like you said, this is really important. How they both end is with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And we see this again when we talk about things, and this is this is another topic for another time, is, is communion. When, yeah. when we talk about communion, one of the tenets of communion is that you forgive as you have been forgiven. Right. And I think that there's a, there is a power in forgiveness that we maybe don't, I guess that we don't understand or fully grasp, that comes with the power of reconciliation that leads to bless. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I think reconciliation is tied to blessing, if that makes sense. I think it does make sense. I think it's it's modeled by Christ, right? Right, and you know, I have a I had a professor in, in college. I think he, I told you about him, who said that you he said it wasn't scriptural that you had to forgive people, right. unless they were repentant, right? But I think these two passages, just these two passages alone, not to mention the rest of the Bible, testify something different, right? That, You're called to forgive regardless, right? Right, right. I, I think maybe he had a misunderstanding of um, what it means to hold somebody accountable, but to also forgive them. Sure, most certainly. Like, you know, it's. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this on this podcast already, but it's like that, that scene in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where the guy gets baptized and he gets in the car and he's like, God's forgiven me for knocking over that piggly wiggly. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I thought you said you uh, you didn't do, do that. that. Right. I thought you were innocent. He said, yeah. And he says, well, God's forgiven me for that too because yeah. I lied. And yeah. he goes, well, look, it's great that God forgives you, but I don't think the state of Mississippi <laughs> sees it that way. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Accountability was with the state of Mississippi, right? Yes, God for, would could forgive him hypothetically sure, for sure. those uh, sins, sure. but that doesn't mean that he doesn't still need to pay a price, right? There's always a consequence, yeah, and consequence is there. But I think a lot of a lot of our prayers are hindered by roots of bitterness. And yeah. here's what I mean by that, because I think at the end of the day, a lack of forgiveness, even of other people, mm-hmm. ends up hindering our prayer life. Because at the end of the day, what we end up blaming is God. Right. Yes. Why didn't you do this, God? Why didn't you, you know? And so I, I know, and, and and God's a big boy. Like I said, he he can handle himself, um, and and he can handle those prayers. But this is just a reminder to say, look, when you come to the Lord, and this is almost, I guess, probably now that I'm thinking about it, it's really it's biblical in the aspect of like before the priest entered to the holy of, into the presence of the Lord, into the holy, you know, holy of holies, and into that area where the Lord was 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 said believed to dwell in the temple. They purified themselves. I mean, like to pre- went through all these ritualistic, and not only that, but they were already trying to be clean in the beginning. So they were like extremely clean before they. And I think forgiveness puts our heart in a position to where we can stand before the Lord and make our petitions. Yeah. Where he and he says to us, you, you know, okay, I can do that because, um, or or he might say, well, yeah, I'll do that, but by the way, why are you? You know, like Carly said this the other a couple, I don't know, a couple weeks back, I guess it was. Um, she was talking about how the Holy Spirit had really convicted her about how when she has the ability, and it's, and it's not a bad thing, but she has the ability sometimes to just see people who wrong her and say, "Okay, I'm cutting them out of my life." And there's some wisdom in that sometimes. Um, but she just, but like, cut them off, whatever. And the Holy Spirit convicted her not too long ago and said, "You know." And it convicted her for a while, and she's really been working on this. Is she said, like, you know, um, the Spirit said to her, though, thank God I don't do that to you. 
Like literally, I think, I think you probably read that. I it, think it, she posted yeah. this on social media. Yeah, social media. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why I can share it. I'm not going to out my wife. Yeah, it's public. Yeah, yeah, it's public. It's public. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so so, but but I, you know, that is a profound thing. Is I think a lot of times forgiveness reminds us mm-hmm. when we forgive others that the Lord has how good of a God we serve. Yes, you know. So so I think I, that's why I love the fact that both of those end with forgiveness. Well, then you're going to love Matthew 5, 43. I probably probably will. Uh, Because you have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies Mm -hmm. and pray for those who persecute you Mm -hmm. so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Right. So I think, again, this is a a kind of a – like you should – you should actively forgive people in your life, mm-hmm. whether they want you to or not, and you should pray for them. Right. You should be praying for them. And this was something that changed um, trajectories for me in my life mm. um, when I was in some situations and different jobs where I was like feeling persecuted, feeling like I wasn't able to... Um, I felt like different like managers were keeping me down. Sure, right? sure, sure, sure. And, and like they were out to get you. Yeah, they were yeah, out to yeah. get me, right? Sure. And so my my initial reaction to that was to badmouth them, right? And complain and and ultimately to break down and be like, I don't know what to do because right, they won't let me succeed. Right, right. They're the stumbling block. Yeah, yeah. And then I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I said, okay, God bless them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or give them wisdom. Right. Give them what they need, mm-hmm. you know? And I started praying for good things for them. Right. And what I started seeing was a change in their demeanor towards me. Mm-hmm. And even in some situations, people transferring in and out. Right. Right? Right. And they were going places that were better for them. Right. But also better for you. But it also made things better for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, it kind of changed the way I looked at it. now when I find myself in a situation where I feel like somebody's, like, standing against me. Right. I pray for them. Right. You know, and it's like, God, reveal yourself to them. Right. Give them your wisdom. Show them what they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you take care of it, not me. Right. Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. Right. I yes. can't necessarily convict them. Right. I can I can speak the truth and love, but like and not and not every situation is black and white like that. Sure. So Lord, you deal with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. You you solve the problem. You know what I mean, and that well, and, that, and think about it this way too. Like that's that's the power of praying for your enemy is when you have that. You know, in the case of yourself with these managers, whoever was kind of like, when they feel like they have a reason to persecute you, for lack of a better word. I'm yeah. not saying they were, but when they feel like they have a reason to persecute you, you become kind of, you are justifiably a villain in some ways because yeah. like, well, he doesn't like me or whatever. But look at Jesus, right? Like look at Jesus on the cross as he's being crucified, as he's being raised. He says, praise to the Lord, Father, forgive them to the Roman soldiers for they do not, this is before Jeff arrives on the cross, right? right but right. but Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And I was just thinking about this it, kind of as you said this, um, kind of in your case, because you don't know what God is doing behind the scenes, even in their life. Right. What if the people, and this is me just talking about my butt, sometimes I like to do that. Um, what if the, the soldiers that Jesus prayed for as he was being raised up were also the same soldiers who were there at the resurrection when the tomb was 
stone was, you know, what I mean? it could be, it's conceivable. They were on duty. They were there the day he died, right. you know. So what if his prayer of forgive led to, and he, I mean, he doesn't get taken off the cross. He dies. But what if his prayer leads to them having a moment of recognizing that he is in fact the Messiah? In fact, one of them says, surely this was the son of God. Yeah. You know, was that one of them that was, you know, but if he would have been cursing them as he's going... You, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, he's his, up there. Oh, you're yeah, important yeah, now. Exactly. You know, like you know, like. But but I'm saying, like, if Jesus was right, if Jesus had the attitude we have so often, which is like, for lack of a better, screw these guys. Like you know, like if yeah. he was cursing them as he's, you know, like you guys stink. Like, th- would they have had the same realizations that they did? Like like the one that says, surely this man was the son of God, and he was spitting on him, cursing at him. You know, and Jesus took all of that and says, forgive them. And so I, you know, I just think that there's a power in that prayer that God doesn't deliver Jesus off the cross. Yeah. He still dies. But what ends up happening, I mean, we all know the end of the story, right? You know? Right. Yeah. And he forgives Jeff too. Jeff's up there too. Yeah. You know, I mean Jeff's a good guy. Right. Jeff's exactly Jeff's a great guy. So, but that's that's the power, I think, so much of, can, of prayer is it changes us. Can you yeah. talk about Jeff for a minute? Yeah, talk about okay. Jeff. I I heard this uh I heard this the other day. Uh, for those of who don't know, by the way, Jeff is the th- third thief on the cross who asked Jesus to remember him. Second second thief. Second, yeah, second. Sorry, third on up there, yeah. Um, Somebody was talking about that that concept about, well, look, you know, Jeff gave his life to Christ Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, and he made it to heaven. He basically was welcomed in the kingdom. And the person that was talking, I'm trying to remember the exact context of this, but they said, um, I said, yes, that's right. He was a great example of how to die. Yeah. Not a great example of how to live. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's awesome. That's I thought, so wow, that's, that's, that's really great. Profound. That's a yeah. profound. Yeah. That was really that's right. Profound. Jeff was a great, great yeah. example of how to die, not to live. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. had to, I had to share that real oh, quick. Oh, that's too funny. But yeah, but prayer, I think we're going to kind of, we need a cap prayer here to move on. I understand now why you break these things up. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> prayer, prayer is, um, uh, First, a good thing. <laughs> well, it is, and it's. But here's why it's here. Well, just to summarize, it's central to the Christian faith yeah. because of what it. Think about everything it just did. It aligns us with God's will. It aligns us with God's promises. It reminds us of God's promises, okay. and it opens the heart to receive forgiveness yes. and give forgiveness. Yes. All right. So before we move on, I'm going to share with you my my prayer. Um, pet peeve. Okay. And you won't be able to not notice this if you. Unless you you may already notice this, okay. something that doesn't like get me angry, but I just right, and I just did it um, is when somebody goes to pray uh-huh. and like Father God, just just do your will, and Lord, we pray that you would just. Anytime somebody uses the word just, because because it's like a filler, and they're trying to get to the next uh-huh. thing, and they're like, and then they can't think of it like, well, God. Just do the thing that I want you to do. Right. You know what I'm trying to say, right. God, right? And as they're trying to work through the words. For some reason, that always kind of sets like kind of sets me on edge. Well, it's a limiting, it's a limiting word, right? So if you say, God, just do this. Like, first yeah. off, it's like, God, just just get over there and yeah. get like so it's like authoritative oh. in a bad way. Yeah. And it's like, oh, by the way, only do this. Like, like it's it's funny, like I bring it up mm-hmm. and like I, I know exactly how I sound. We just got done talking about like, don't be this guy. <laughs> Right, Don't be that you know, like yeah. look, this person is trying to have a hard, trying to pray. Right, sure, sure. And the power is not in their prayer. The power is in the person. Right, who's. right. But I, I just always, that always catches me mm-hmm. when somebody prays that way. Well, I would challenge the person if they're, you know, if they came to me and said, "How can I grow in my prayer life?" Um, 
don't use restrictive words. So like just can be a restrictive word, like only can be a restrictive word, oh, you know? Point. And so just because God is way bigger than our prayers. Yeah. And so so don't be restrictive in your well, prayer, you know? And how you do that is through practice. Right, sure. Yeah. Prayer should be a daily thing, mm-hmm. you know? And there's, gosh, you hear all these different theories about this. I said, I knew we were going to move on, but we, this is practical. We got to right. talk in this. Um, you know, I've, I've, people be like, oh, you got to pray three hours a day or you got to right. pray two hours a day. And then I've heard other people be like, I don't pray for more than five minutes, but I don't go more than five minutes without praying. For sure. Right? So I think there's a little bit of both that mm-hmm. you need to do. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a time set aside in your day mm-hmm. where you go to God and talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right? And you should plan for it. Mm-hmm. And you should plan what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, you've kind of said a few things. And I took some of the stuff that you had preached, and we incorporated that into the prayer um, that we do at home. Mm-hmm. So, like, me and the kids, we have... Um, we kind of have like a step-by-step. Oh, so cool, cool, first, yeah. So the first thing you do is you thank God for something. Right. It's like, thank him for something. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be big. Think of that right. we have a cat. Right, you know? yeah. Like, I'm allergic <laughs> to cats, so it's a blessing that you get this cat, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so thank God for the cat. Um, secondly, tell God about something that you're not proud of. Right, sure. And ask him to help you and, and to forgive you. Right, and, yeah. And to get better, right? Um, pray for one of the fruit, and then pray for an increase of one of the fruits, fruits of spirit. spirit. Sure. Pick that out and, and do that. And then... Uh, tell him about something that you're concerned about. This is right. the Philippians 4. Right, 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 yep, yep. Take something and and bring it to him and say, God, I don't know what to do. Right. Would you please take care of this? Right, one? yes. And then take some time at the end to mm-hmm. um, just reflect. Yes. You know, and so that's, that is now the prayer that they do on a daily basis. Oh, that's a great that prayer. I do yeah. Well. Um, Man, yeah. You should be teaching. Courses on prayer. You got it. Good job, buddy. All right. Well, well, let me let me segue this for us because this is, I I am the person that would say I pray no more than five minutes and I, and I do go go more than five minutes while praying. But I cons if if prayer is a basic conversation with God, I am always talking. Yes. Like crazy man talking. Like I laugh, I talk, and I'll, things will happen, and I'll be like, God, you're hilarious. Or you know, I'll be like, well, I'm not sure about this, Lord. What am I supposed to do? And I'm not asking for like a oh, right, open up your. I'm literally in that moment saying, like, give me a little wisdom here, God. Mm-hmm. So I'm that way, but I also think, like you said, it is important to set aside a chunk of time where you pray, and I know this is the last one, but if you want to segue to this, we could. Meditation. Meditation, right. Pray and meditate, And, and, and meditating is the listening part that is not the Eastern part of, of, of our religion, but literally it is the, where we hear God's response to our prayers or in a lot of ways, return back to God's responses yeah. that are already there in God's word. Yeah. I think that, and I know for me, that's where a lot of my meditation comes back right. to. Cause I think you have to be careful. Like if you're just like, okay, God, I'm going to pray. Now I'm going to sit here and just dwell and let myself Come up with your response, right? You, you, you have to be careful yeah. about that kind of thing. Yeah, your Morgan Freeman voice starts talking, yeah. and you're like, all right, there's my God. All right, and I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Right. Uh, so for me, meditation oftentimes comes back to the Word of God, because I think that when God speaks to you, what he's going to do is he's going to bring the Word out. Right. And so like before we pray, mm-hmm. we're reading. Reading, yes, right? yes. And that's part, of the, that's part of that meditative process is saying, okay, what was in there? that I need to think on mm-hmm. longer and that I need to consider. And God, what can you reveal? Mm-hmm. So here's, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. I'm just going to sure. knock them out here. So Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day mm-hmm. and night 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Mm-hmm. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you then you will achieve success. So again, here's mm-hmm. godly concept of meditation, right? Right. Psalm forty-eight nine. We have thought over your goodness, God, in the midst of your temple. Yep. So again, meditating on who God is. Psalm one nineteen one forty-eight. My eyes anticipate the night watches, so that I may meditate on your word, mm-hmm. looking forward to those moments that can focus on God's word and consider what it means. Right. Psalm uh, 143.5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your accomplishments, mm-hmm. and I reflect on the work of your hands. This one here I really love. Mm-hmm. The I meditate on your accomplishments. I think what God has done is the evidence of who God is. Right. And right. you have to look back at mile markers. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it happens as God brings his people out of Egypt. You see him. They, they build little altars along the way. Always stack rocks, yeah. do all sorts of things. Yeah. As a remembrance to never forget what it was that God did right. for him. And so sometimes you need to meditate on the things you already know God right. did. Right, and that's also in light of the fact that God parted seas. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they, and yeah. they still needed those things. But, Not to belittle them, that's just to say, well, that's the importance of reflecting nah, but they're and pretty little. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm deep. You know, but uh, you, we often think if I saw God the way the Israelites saw God. You would believe. If oh, there was a pillar, oh, yeah. and there was a, a pillar oh, of fire yeah. and a cloud by oh, day. Yeah. If angels the, came into my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so they they crossed the sea. The sea is parted, and, they, and then right. Moses disappears for a few days. And they're like, all right, build a calf. Yeah, that's right. Because we right. don't know what to do yeah, now. Yeah. He went up there, and he's not come back down. Right. Yeah. And then they got afraid because they didn't put in their hearts mm-hmm. and, and meditate on who God was, what he had done for them, where he had brought mm-hmm. them, and that he had a covenant with them. Yeah. You know, that went back to their forefather Abraham. For sure. Yeah. Right. And they just they just forgot that. And and that's the thing is like it's a wicked generation that wants a sign. Right. Right, right. Because yeah, yeah. you're ignoring the ones that exist. Already are here. Yeah. God has already spoken. All right. Right. James uh, one twenty five says, But one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. This person will be blessed in what he does. Yes. So again, you know, you've looked intently at the law, specifically the law of freedom, mm-hmm. and that has allowed you to continue in it and and become a doer of the law. I have verses all around my office and where I pray, because I have like a special routine for these that I do, mm-hmm. um, all around my office that I turn to in these moments that are things that have spoken to me when I've either read them or or I feel will speak to me universally. Like at any time I could turn to the, and I will find myself in these times of meditation turning to those things and going back and just going back and reading that and going back and reading it. And what I find myself doing even in those moments is if I'm praying for wisdom, I'm praying for discernment, most of the time what the scripture is saying is just trust in the Lord. You know, like, but but I need that, remi- I need that pillar to remind me that, okay, God already has this. I think it's funny because so often we're praying to a God who who sees the future. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? He already knows. Like, yes. like you know, so so it's like we're praying God's like, oh, we need this. And God's like, I'm already there. Right. Like, like you know, and I, and I think when we realize that, we're like, oh, he's, I always loved, like, I always say this, and I'm even still, I'm a culprit of this to myself. Like, God's never surprised. I am continually, um, but he's not. So when I pray, I have to remind myself, like, God's not, he's not surprised by what has happened, what is going to happen. And so so I think that meditation is also waiting for God's response. Because so, I think this is what happens. We ask God a question in prayer. We may say, God, 
well, I, this is for me, especially when I pray for wisdom or I pray for discernment. I'll pray specifically. I'll say, Lord, give me wisdom over this situation. How do I handle this? Or, or Lord, I have heard, like, let me just church it up. Uh, Lord, I've heard that this is what you were calling us to do, but I'm not really sure how. Reveal to me. Tell tell me how how. Yeah. And I'll you got to listen. You got to wait for his response. So yes. I'll li I'll have those times and I'll listen and I'll write stuff down. Um, but there are a lot of times that like if I'm working through something, I won't say bigger or deeper because those are big things. But like if I'm working through something personally that I, I that I need that my heart is hurting or it's there's depression or anger or bitterness or these things that I know are not of God that I need to uproot in my life. I turn to those scriptures and I begin to meditate, like I said, and it's trust, it's forgiveness, it's grace, it's love. And when you start to meditate on God's, because that's what they're meditating, they're meditating on God's law. Yes. And God's law, because they didn't have the New Testament yet, God's law, literally, and post, most of that's actually in the Old Testament, um, you know, <laughs> God's law was how they were redeemed. Yes. Right? That's what, so when they say, I meditate on the law, they're, they're focusing on what redeems them. We as Christians, when we meditate on the law, we're focusing on our Redeemer, who ha we are redeemed in Christ. That's and right. so that's that's where I think it it brings us back. It, that's why prayer is so important, but meditation is important because it keeps us it keeps us honest. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. And it, again, like you you touched on this, it's meditating on the Word and then having that moment for God to inspire you yes. as well. You know, like sure. the direction of the church might not be wrapped up in a in a specific verse. Oh, right? No, you know? well, and it might not be wrapped up in a specific session. Sometimes right. I may get like, do this. And I'm like, well, now I got to pray again, God, because I'm not even sure what that means. Right. But you know, sometimes it'll be a, 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 a word, and that's where it goes back to, I cannot tell you how often, and I know we're not here to talk about tongues and praying, but I cannot tell you how often I've had to pray in groanings too deep for words because I know I need to mm -hmm. ask. I don't know how to ask. I don't even know what to ask, yeah. but I know he knows. I, yeah, and and I know I can trust and rely, and so but but that's where the meditation, that's that conversation back and forth. This is the listening aspect. This is where, and, and I, they did a study, and I wish I could remember where it was. I I saw it in seminary. They actually did a study on prayer on the mind and what mm -hmm. prayer does to the mind, and there is, and it's really interesting. There is a natural biological effect that the prayer has on the body, and they found that people who pray have all of these health benefits. And I think that's not a, you know, it's not a coincidence. Not. You know, and, and then I'm not just talking about the person who who's praying real quick, like, all right, Lord, bless our food. You know, like, like the people who really genuinely do these things, pray and meditate. And so um, that's not a, you know, so in case you're just like, well, should I pray? Yeah, there's a lot of spiritual benefits, but there are real tangible physical benefits to prayer that, you know, I can get that could get into, but for me, the number one thing is when you pray and meditate and you leave those sessions that like you were talking about, you leave with a confidence is like, all right, I'm about to go kick down some doors. Yeah. You know. But those benefits are not the reason we pray. No. Either. Like and I know that's not what you're saying, no, but yeah. But I just I'm gonna throw that out there is is you know, we seek first the kingdom of God. Right. And we seek it by going to God. Right. And we go to God by reading his word, right, praying to him. Mm-hmm. And then meditating on what he's saying. Right. You know, that's where the peace comes. the The biological stuff is the result of the peace you're receiving 
externally, the spiritual peace. Yeah. That's that is God taking your blood pressure well, and lowering it. Anxious people you know? are not healthy people. No, no, they are not. No, yeah. no. And this is um, I've been reading this book. Uh, this young woman wrote about her struggle with anxiety mm. and fear and how God delivered her. And she wasn't a very religious person. Right. She was kind of like partial Catholic and didn't really even know how to pray or thought to pray some of this stuff through, but she was going through some really tough times. Sure. And her husband had more of a um, more of an evangelical upbringing. Sure. And even he wasn't really sure what to do, but, like, they, it got really bad. And then one night she was like, look, it's, this is – I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And he hugged her, and he said, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke this, mm-hmm. we reject this, and we take authority over it. Mm-hmm. And we know that you're going to get a good night's sleep and that mm-hmm. God will restore peace. And mm-hmm. she slept for the first time in like a week. Right, you right. Know? And it was that honest prayer mm-hmm. of belief mm-hmm. that led to this. Right. And up to that point, he's been meditating and looking for answers and trying to figure this out. Right, right. And they get to this point and then they speak the word of God. Right, right, you yeah. Know? And, and faith and authority. Mm-hmm. And God moves. That's why that's why they're meant to be done together. You know, like yeah. when we did the series, part of the series that I, I really was asking, like, Lord, what do Christians need to know to be firmly rooted in you and especially to, to go through life's storms, for lack of a better word. And, you know, prayer and meditation constantly pop up together, praying and meditating, praying, because there's a power between the two, because they enter, they think, like you said, when you meditate, even if you meditate before you pray and you meditate on God's word or you meditate on God's promises or you meditate on God's will and you just ask God, what's your will? And kind of just, and then you go to prayer, the two together create this, um, holistic, and I don't mean that in like a physical new agey kind of thing, but a holistic approach to your problem. Yeah. Because it conquers everything. It conquers fear, doubt, all worry, you know, and then when you're praying and you're asking, you're also conquering the problem. You know, you're conquering the the stumbling blocks, the managers, you know, like it conquers and then you leave that knowing, especially if if you have that faith element to it, because this is the big thing. If you leave that knowing that God will do something with it, and it's going to be good no matter what. You can walk in that confidence, saying, "All right, there's nothing that the world can do now." Yeah, you know, and that's and but that goes that goes you know to the to the other part that we want to talk about today too, which is this fasting. Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about. Right, we're getting a little long on time. You think? And so I'm wondering if we can really hit fasting in a way that's going to um, be meaningful here. Yeah. Um, but you know, we could try or we could just hit the quick cliff notes on that and maybe come back to that in another podcast. We could, yeah, we could do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think, I think it, I think just for the sake of today to know how fasting ties into all of this, because, and I know we've got some scriptures we would read and I want to do that. But before we do that, I want to say the reason why I think we should just briefly touch on it is one of the things that you said to me a while back was there are so many times, and, and it stuck with me. I heard you, and I was like, man, this dude's actually kind of smart. Um, Who knew? <laughs> he did. No. Uh, um, you know, you had said, like, there are so many times in the Bible, not that there's a formula, but that you see that fasting preceded success. Yeah. And, and the aspect of, like, they it wasn't about seriousness, or but they, they, they were prepared. Yes. And fasting was a sign of the preparation. 
Right. And I think so. I think that's important that as we go into praying and into spiritual warfare and into to meditating, we have to understand that there is an aspect in our element, which is fasting, that prepares us for that. 100%. I think in modern churches right now, we often resort to fasting as a response. Right. Okay. Everything hit the fan. Right. Now I got to fast because right. if I fast, it's going to supercharge my prayers. Right. We fast because we're serious. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I'm serious about it. And God's right. gonna, now God's going to come fix this issue right. for me because now I'm fasting. Right. I asked, but he didn't answer. So now I'm going to be serious and show right. I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a number of places. I don't have the scripture reference here in front of me, but there, there's the one scripture where fasting is mentioned mm-hmm. and casting out demons. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Acts 13, 2 through 3. Uh, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set Barnabas and Saul apart from me for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So what's interesting about this is they were serving the Lord and fasting, mm-hmm. and in doing so, the Lord spoke to them and said, Send Barnabas and Saul. Mm-hmm. So we see that they're, um, that they're already fasting. Right. And then once he says, All right, they get the word from God about what to do next— he says, all right, send Barnabas and Saul. Then they fast again right? as they're trying to bless that trip, right? Right. So, um, so it's kind of – it's done hand-in-hand hand with prayer there as well. Right, right, which right. we will continue. It's it's almost always mentioned in concept. Right. Prayer. There's, yeah, for sure. Um, it's not about cutting carbs. And then right. – No, it's not. It's not about losing weight. <laughs> and then we see it again in Acts 14.23, mm-hmm. when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So mm-hmm. before they set somebody in charge of something, they fasted right. while they prayed – to make that decision. Right. Right. It's, it, I think so often we, and this is one of the things that we talked about in the sermon, is fasting was a normal part of the early Christian church's yes. life. It was not an, an external, um, oh, well, it's a very special holiday, or it, it was just a part of what they did, and it wasn't about cutting carbs or cutting meals. It was just something they did as an act to, to help them prepare for things, yeah. even the things that they didn't see coming. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think there is a there's a element of fasting that what it does is it helps you be disciplined, right? Which allows you to meditate better, mm-hmm. which allows you to pray with more purpose, right? Which allows you to read with more earnestness, right? Right? Because that's what what fasting is doing is fasting is allowing or making the room for those things to happen, and it's, you know, rejecting what you want or think that you need. Right for that which is here because you don't live on bread alone. Right, that's and that's I think the powerful thing of fasting is that and we you know we did some of that here at the church and I got a lot of funny responses about how hungry people <laughs> were and I get that I mean I understand that some of them were trying this for the first time and they're like oh my gosh but but it also reminds us that like we are not sustained by food right like the earthly things that we think we need we are not sustained by and and. And it was we. I challenged people to do a fast, like one day, just one whole day, Old Testament style. You know, one day fast um, for three weeks, and and kind of talk. We'll talk about it, and talk, you know, we'll talk through. And it's funny. I I I talked to person week one. I talked to the same person week two. I talked to the same person week three. Week one was rough. Week two was better. Week three was insanely good. Yeah. Like like they their body had adapted to it, and they found wow. I actually do get I, I now that I'm over the hunger pain, like I'm over which I was like, that probably shows we have a dependency on food. Right. Um, but I was like, now that I'm over the hunger pain, I actually do see the benefit. I feel calmer. I feel centered because I'm using the time like I and I challenge them, use the time that you would normally be eating or preparing that food mm-hmm. 
to prepare to hear the Lord. And, and you know, so whether it be reading scripture or praying or medit, you know, doing those things. And and that was the preparation that the early church did mm-hmm. that allowed them, I think, in a lot of ways to do some miraculous things. Because a lot of times, like you said, we make fasting reactive. We're like, oh shoot, yeah. we're, we're really serious about this Lord. See how serious we are. When yeah. God's like, well, if you were serious, you'd make this part of your 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 routine, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's true. But I also don't want to count out reactive um reactive no either no for sure because yeah, there's, yeah. there's evidence of that as well most certainly it, it just isn't what is the norm it's specific right. right and we see that in joel 2 12 through 13 where he says yet even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart mm-hmm. and with fasting weeping and mourning and tear your heart and not merely your garments now mm-hmm. return to the lord your god for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger abounding in mercy and relenting of catastrophe what we see here is fasting as a part of repentance yes you know so maybe there is something that's happening in your life and you're like shoot god right i've missed this boat right fast mm-hmm. take a minute to fast and then make that a part of your prayer as you're bringing that to God, right? Say, so, you know what? I need to get past this, and fasting can help you focus on that. most. Fasting is an act of being saying it's an act of saying, "God, I'm serious." Yeah, you know. But the problem is, if you're only serious when you're stressed, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, and so, and I think that that's as Christians that we have to temper that, right? So, so you see, this a prime example of this is in the story of, of Jonah, right? You know, yes. Jonah he goes to the he goes to the to the, the Ninevites, or Tarshish, right? Or he goes to Tarshish where he goes, but he goes to the Ninevites, and immediately they throw on sackcloth, they begin fasting, and they begin repenting. And yep. so there's so there's this story of which you you see them showing, and they don't even really know who God is, you know, like, but that just, just shows how amazing they are, is that shows they're serious. God, we repent. And I think so often we use fasting as a last resort. Um, and, and, and so, like, I, I, I say that to say, we need to add more fasting into our daily routine, but don't be afraid to say, "God, I'm serious. I'm fasting." Yeah. You know. Um, but if the only times you ever, it's like if the only times you ever pray are when stuff is hit the fan. Yep. God still hears it. Mm-hmm. He still will. He still will respond. Um, but you're missing. You're missing the fullness of what it is. Yeah. You know. All right. So here's um, here's the last two. I'm not going to read this one, but. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 is the one that talks about when you do fast, yes. don't make a gloomy face, don't draw attention to yourself. Yes. You're not supposed to fast to be seen as holy. And we see in Ezra 8, 21, he says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava mm-hmm. to humble ourselves before yeah. our God, to seek from him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all of our all our possessions. Right. So again, he's preceding um, their journey with... with um, Fasting as a mark of humility, right? Which again, Jesus is echoing that. Don't make this about you. Don't make right. this about how holy you are. Right. But instead, put on an act of humility. What's interesting about the Ezra passage is, mm-hmm. you know, Ezra is going back to right. uh, Israel. Yeah, yeah. Out of captivity. Yeah, in captivity. Yep, yep. And the and the king offered him troops. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. To, like, hey, it's dangerous out there. Yeah. We'll give you. And he was like, God will take God care will of take, us. Yeah. And then he gets out there and is like, Why did I? He never. He didn't yeah. consult God on it. Yeah, right. He didn't right. consult he just God. Said, no. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's. They're going to humble themselves. Right. Fast and say, God, we should have consulted you. Now we are. We know you'll protect us, but we kind of assumed. Yeah. You know, like we just assumed that you were gonna, <laughs> and maybe that was. I, I remember I was talking about that one time. I remember saying, you know, what if that was God's 
solution was well, God yeah. was like, I'm going to send these troops with you. And he's like, nah, we don't need them. And God's like, wait a minute. That was your, yeah. you know, well, so it's, yeah. It's that old story, that old illustration of the guy in the flood. Right. Where he's like, they come by in the boat and they're like, hey, and then right, they yeah. come by in the helicopter and then the, and then he dies. And he's like, God, oh, why didn't you save me? And he's like, like I tried. I tried. Yeah. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think, and I think that that, that goes back to another aspect of fasting isn't just to get what we want, mm. right? Right. Which is, I think a lot of times like, God, I'm serious. I'm serious about this prayer. I'm serious about this need. I'm fasting to show you, to humble myself and to show you that I am. But it's also, fasting is, like you said, an act of repentance in the aspect of when you fast, like like in, in these situations where maybe you miss the mark uh, or you um, you did something wrong, what it's doing is it's allowing you to have the time to spend with God to get on the same page again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that's that's what that's what the the prayer and the fasting was. It was all like I said, this wasn't just like oh we're skipping a meal. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's why I think that those are so important. You know, why prayer, meditation, and fasting all go hand in hand together. Like I, I called them the big, the three main pegs. Like these were the ones that that really held the tent down. Because if you had all three of these mm-hmm. and you made them a regular practice in your life, what you were walking in was the promises of God with prayer, yeah. the, the truth of God's word and and, and meditation and the confidence that it provides. And then you were working or walking with the submission to God's will via fasting. So meaning you were talk about, you know, want to get charismatic, talk about a hedge of protection. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like you're, you're completely protected there. You, you've, you've covered every base. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, in the same way we talked about prayer, mm-hmm. right? You need to set time up for prayer, right? And include meditation as a part of your your reading, your prayer, and your meditation. Make that a mm-hmm. part of what you do. You also need to plan in fasting, right? Fasting needs to be something you're doing regularly. This mm-hmm. is uh, something I need to figure out in my life. Sure, I sure. Have struggled to make this a part. Sure, of my, sure, yeah. Um, my tradition, you know, or my um, your routine, my routine, yeah. Um, but in the same way that you don't. You, you don't have to limit prayer to your prayer time. Right. You don't have to limit fasting to your fasting time. Right. You can fast when it's appropriate. Sure. You can, you can have a responsive fast, mm-hmm. but don't make that the norm. Right, right. You know? uh, if, 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 you're, if you're struggling and you're listening right now or watching right now and you're like, man, like, I really am in a, a rock between a rock and a hard place. Fast. Like I yeah. think that God's gonna honor that. He's gonna honor your commitment when you humble yourself before him and say, Lord, I need I'm coming to you doing this as a sign of surrender, saying yeah. I'm here. He's gonna honor that. But I think it's important for for us. And I think a lot of times we overcomplicate fast because the only fasts we know in today's world are like 40-day fasts for Lent. You know what I mean? Like they're right. the things that they're the big holidays. And so I, I always say, like, look, if you if you really make fasting a part of your routine, make it easy. Once a month on the day, like on the day you have off from work, you know, you know, yeah. or whatever, or find a find a time. Like I, I was doing during the sermon series, especially I the whole entire time I was doing. Um, it was Thursdays because I didn't. Thursdays were a day where I didn't have a ton going on, and I knew that I could spend the most time truly fasting, yeah. you know, uh, not just not eating, you know, truly fasting. And I would break the fast every night with a meal and it, and I would spend the time before the meal, you know, I would spend time throughout the day, but I'd spend the time right before the meal, especially 
putting the day in perspective and the fast in perspective. And so I, you know, I, I just encourage people to to oh. just like you would make it in a part of your daily routine, maybe make fasting a part of your monthly routine. I think, or you know, I think the most important question here too, though, is um, when I'm fasting, can I drink coffee? I've had a lot of people actually ask. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had I had a bunch of people actually. Can I can I give you my honest answer? Give me your honest answer. You can you, you can do whatever you want. Okay. So let me explain what I mean by that. Um, Please do. So, <laughs> so I the traditional fast that the Bible speaks up was a sundown to sun up or sun sun up to sundown. Excuse me, the whole day fast. So basically, okay. like it started Friday night and it went all the way through Saturday till Saturday evening. So sundown, you started that night and then it was the whole day. So you could say sun up if you wanted to, but they, they stopped eating after their meal when the sun went down. And literally they, they tracked the, like when the, the Hebrew tradition was when you saw the first star in the sky, that meant the sun had gone down. Uh, that was kind of just a rule of thumb. So basically when they saw the first stars, they had to stop eating. So they would always kind of have a meal before then. Um, so you could do the Hebrew fast or the traditional fast, which is and and it was everything. No water, no. I mean, they were that was it. They they fully relied on God. Um, I tend to go the route of you can drink water, you can drink. Here's here's what I would say: the goal of a fast is about removing all earthly trappings and addictions. Yeah. So if you're gonna fast and you're and you need a cup, that's a no on the coffee. Well, thing. I was gonna say yeah. yeah if, <laughs> if, if if you if you're like you know what my friend invited me out for coffee, can I go? Uh, fast and drink coffee. Well, let me ask you, do you need coffee to function? And the question is like, you know, some people are like, I can't do anything until I have my coffee in the morning. Okay, let's try and change that with the fast. You know, yeah. like that's a, yeah. I know so. I personally am not, it's not like a, I need my coffee. Right. It's an enjoyment. What about watching TV or playing video games or even like reading a book? Any, well, so, Jesus never mentioned video games, so I can... So you think God it's in the Bible. I can always yeah. play my Xbox. Yeah. So I when I fasted, I did, because I'm the, probably one of the most holy people I know. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, I, I'm very humble too, as you can tell. Yeah. yeah the sure. fasting has really helped with my Are humility. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what, when I fasted, um, kind of my what I did, and I'm not saying by no means this is the way to do it, but I, I, I did a um, sundown, sunup fast, so basically a whole day fast. I could drink water, so I allowed my – because the doctor tells me I need to drink more water anyway. So I drank water. I did not eat, but I also did not do – I stayed off of phone, social media, computer – TV, video games, I did no entertainment. Like nothing, nothing of that. Like and I used my phone only for strictly I still worked. I went, you know, still wrote my sermon, still did those kind of things. But right. but strictly business things. Um, but I didn't no no pleasure. Um, not because God's anti pleasure, but because I used that time, which for me, food, I really and this is why I'm I'm like struggle with my weight. I only eat one meal a day, but I eat that one meal enough for like 13 meals in that day. <laughs> you know, so fasting isn't hard for me because I just cut out or I just yeah. eat dinner later. For me, what's hard is like, let me not check. Oops. Let me not drop my phone, but, but let me not check the news. I'm a big news person. Like, let me not check the news. Let me not check social media threads. Let me not, you know, like hop on, um, you know, whatever video game I have on my phone, Candy Crush, you know, like, let me like that, that was so I would, I would, I would challenge like, if you, if you're not, if food is not a trapping for you, you can, you, you don't have to fast from food. If yeah. social media is fast from social media and spend yeah. that time with the Lord, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think it's too, you, you mentioned it's, it's not that God's against pleasure because it's not about God created pleasure. Right. It's about prioritizing exactly. God over everything else. Exactly right. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to call it 
Uh, we're gonna put on those beautiful drums. Oh yes, and we're gonna. We, go that's out one in the thing spirit. you never fast from. Yeah. We never fast from. We never fast from drums. Uh, we're gonna go out in the spirit. But here's the thing: we know, I know we kind of we we did good, obviously, uh, but we <laughs> as to be expected. But we we did try to put a lot into this episode, right? So if we miss something, if you have a thought, if you have a question, yeah. if you want to go further. There is a comment section. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do leave a review and ask a question there too. Yes, let us know and we'll try to we'll try to hit that. Most later. certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great. Well, Brandon, yep. I think uh, the one thing the Lord said you always need more of drums, drums. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs>